It's that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Absolutely a gorgeous, picture-perfect day here in Louisville and the surrounding areas. Perfect weather, perfect temperature. Light breeze kind of makes it cool. It's just perfect fall weather, although we're towards the last few days of summer. So uh, I couldn't be more happy about the weather. I couldn't be more disappointed and last night's Monday night football game. And that's what I get for cheering on the Indianapolis Colts. And it's not going to, it, it, it won't, can't happen again. Won't, can't, I just can't do it. I put my trust in the Colts to take care of a few plays, move the chains, get a few stops on defense, T.Y. Hilton to get a couple points for me so I can win my fantasy game. He did all right. I think he ended up with around 12, 12 points in a game that they're controlling the whole way through. It's looking like I'm going to win my fantasy game. Then Nick Foles comes down, scores a a touchdown to tie the game up. I still have the lead. There's about three minutes left. Colts have the ball. All you got to do is just drive down the field, kick a field goal. You win the game. I win my fantasy game. Uh, the state of Indiana's happy. I'm happy. And sure enough, they go three and out, giving Foles the ball back. They do terrible time management, uh, wasting timeouts. And Nick Foles drives down, gets the Eagles in field goal range, and they win it. And I lose by .24. .24! That's, an in, that's a Nick Foles incompletion in our league, and I win or a two-yard loss by Nick Foles, or two yards less of his rushing game, a T.Y. Hilton catch would have surely done an extra T.Y. Hilton catch. So many different scenarios I could have that could have happened that I could have won that game. It was just a heartbreaking fantasy defeat for me. And let's face it, my team's not great. I need as many wins as I can get. I need to squeak out as many wins as I can get, and that was a golden opportunity last night after my team had a pretty bad week, all things considered, and I come up .24 short. I had said if the Colts could win last night and help me win my fantasy game, then I would wear a Colts shirt to our next on-location show, which looks like it it could be uh, possibly Thursday of this week. But as you have it, that's out the window. I I might have another shirt just for that special occasion. We'll have to wait and see, though. Anyway, so my my day is uh, my last night could have gone better for me, but anyways, as we have it, the weather's perfect. Plenty to talk about on the show today. Both football, basketball, basketball recruiting. So it should be a, a full show for us. Run DMC text into the show. The Eagles have more second half points than any other team has total points this season. That's a fun fact. I'm sure it did hurt me last night. I think Brun DMC had a birthday yesterday. I hope he's a loyal listener to the Sports Stalker, so I hope he had a good one. Anyways, that's 
that's that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Yates, how are you? Doing well, TJ. How about you? Doing well. Did you have yourself a nice little Monday night and then Tuesday afternoon up to this point? Uh, yeah, no complaints. Did you watch Boardwalk on Sunday? I did, yes. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode. I enjoyed it. So do you think these these nucky flashbacks are going to happen throughout the season? Um, I mean, it's certainly looking that way. We've had two episodes, and we've had flashbacks in both of them. So I, I would guess that we're going to have that for, for most of the eight-season or eight-episode run. Is it only eight episodes? Only eight episodes. Oh, that I did not know. Well, that's kind of disappointing. I think the last season was 12, uh, eight episodes. So that's going to... Uh, the the series will be over before we know it. But yeah, I think those flashbacks are going to be going on throughout. But I kind of like the flashbacks. No complaints. That's kind of fun to see. Uh, a growing up, a young Nucky growing up, likely in the, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Not really sure how old Nucky is, but he looks like he's probably in his 40s or 50s. Uh, so anyways, that's the that's the show on Sunday right now. And it's I've enjoyed it. It's no Game of Thrones, but it's 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 enough to get us through the fall. And then we'll have American Horror Story. We'll start having some other good shows popping up here pretty soon. And then, of course, uh, for those that don't watch Big Brother, this is my first season ever watching it. And I think I'm in love. I don't know if I just like it because there was really nothing else on in the summer or the Big Brother comes on three days a week. Whatever it may be, in terms of reality shows, it's it's definitely doing the job of getting me addicted and following along. So that's coming to a close here pretty soon. Now, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk more TV as the, as the fall shows come back on and uh, look forward to doing that. Uh, for now though, I do look forward to talking a little sports. Antonio Blakeney decommits from Louisville after just pledging 11 days ago. Uh, really a bizarre story coming out late last night about Blakeney decommitting. This was debatably Patino's best recruit he's ever had at Louisville, uh, at least committed at Louisville. He's a five-star, the second best scoring guard, the second best scorer, rather, in the class. I'd put him right behind Malik Newman. Uh, some would say he's better than Malik Newman. He, he, pro- he likely had a better summer by most accounts. And he had committed to Louisville with Donovan Mitchell. A lot of people thought when Donovan Mitchell committed, he's another guard that could uh, keep Antonio Blakeney from from committing. Uh, as you have it, it didn't. He visited for the Miami football game. It looked like he had a good good time by all accounts. And then shortly after that, I think it was two days after that, or maybe three days after that, he commits to Louisville becoming Louisville's fourth commit, uh, giving Louisville one of the top classes, if not the top class, certainly a top two class in the country, and certainly Patino's best class that he's had at Louisville. Four players committed in early September. I don't know if his class would have been complete, but it would have been close to complete, and that's impressive to be able to do that early on. That gives you a lot of time to work towards the 2016 class, start building those relationships, and and it's a huge benefit if you're able to finish your class up earlier. And it looked like Patino was close to doing that. But as you have it, he decommitted. 
So why? Why did Antonio Blakeney decommit? And a lot of people on Twitter last night, I think Jerry Meyer, 24-7 Sports, uh, mentioned that it had something to do with a shoe company. And that, if that's the case, that's uh, interesting. It's kind of slimy if it is the case. And to be honest, I, I think to an extent it is. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I – now, here's where it gets tricky. Even if it is shoe company related, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but even if it is shoe company related, say Nike talked to him, told him it would be in his best interest to decommit – That doesn't necessarily mean Nike's offering him money. It doesn't necessarily mean it's an NCAA rule that he's breaking. And the exact tweet that Jerry Meyer tweeted said, I don't play up shoe company angle in basketball recruiting, but decommitment of Antonio Blankney from Louisville is shoe company related. Not a ifs or 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 possibly or could be. Jerry Meyer saying it's definitely shoe company related. I had a couple people last night texting me saying that it was shoe company related and that Nike wanted him to decommit. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's an infraction. Does it mean it's kind of, to me, it's kind of gross in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it kind of takes away from college athletics for me knowing that this stuff happens and not that I didn't know that it happens I cover basketball recruiting and it, it it's it's happened for years probably decades where shoe companies and other outside sources impact a kid's recruitment you think back to when you're you're listening to the sports talker with TJ Walker on 1450 the sports buzz and we're back. Difficulties will come back, and I don't know exactly when uh, the internet was lost and when we went to break. I might have been talking to myself there for a little bit, uh, but as we have it, we're back. So I'll, I'll kind of start where I think maybe it was. Uh, so first off, this isn't unique to Nike. Let's say there is some shoe company business going on, a point to a point where uh, a, a Nike representative called Antonio Blankney or somebody close to Antonio Blankney and said that he should reconsider his commitment to Louisville because a Louisville isn't Adidas school. Uh, This isn't unique to Nike. Jalen Brown, the number two player in the class, uh, one of UK's top targets, is often thought to be a lock to go to an Adidas school, such as UCLA or Kansas. He gave a quote uh, when he was out in Los Angeles playing in a tournament saying how uh, Adidas guys take care of him, which is kind of a, a fishy quote, but uh, he's friends with them. He's, he talks to them. He, he likes Adidas, and there's a really good chance he'll go to an Adidas school. All those things. Uh, so it happens everywhere. It happens with Under Armour. The Harrison twins were thought to go to Maryland, which is the organ of uh, the, the Nike's organ. Maryland is that for Under Armour uh, because they played in Under Armour AAU. Happens all across the board. Every shoe company, uh, based on their AAU, they want to keep their AAU players 
go to their a go to their college that's associated with their AAU shoe company affiliate, and then sign with them when they get to the NBA. This is no surprise. This is nothing new. And as long as there aren't promises made or uh, money exchanged, it's not necessarily illegal. You're allowed to be friends with people that work at Nike, and you're allowed to be friends with people that work at Adidas, and you're allowed to listen to their input. That's not an NCAA violation. And to the point that money is exchanged or promises are made, that that's when it becomes a violation. So Antonio Blakeney could have been hearing from people from Nike, and it could be perfectly clean, but it still kind of muddies up this recruitment and it kind of muddies up the whole recruiting process for plenty of athletes. It kind of brings everything to light. So here's how I, here's what I think happened with Nike and with Nike's AAU, uh, there are 16 teams make peach jam. Uh, that's not uh, several, several teams don't make peach jam. I don't know how many Nike affiliate, affiliate AAU teams there are in the Nike EYBL, but I would guess there's probably 35 or somewhere around that. So there's, uh, there's tons of Nike teams. There's a ton. Nike generally has the best AAU program. They generally have the best players. Again, Adidas has a lot of good players. They have Carlton Bragg. Uh, they have Thon Maker, who's one of the top guys in 2016. They have Jalen Brown, like I already mentioned. They have Brandon Ingram, which is a UK target. They have tons of guys in the 2015-2016 guys, but overall, Nike's considered the best AAU program. So here's what I think happened. Nike can't keep up with all their five stars, with all their players on a constant basis. This is just my guess. This is just my opinion. My guess is that one of the Nike events, the Nike AAU events, uh, some Nike representatives had met with Antonio Blakeney. Maybe they met with the whole team. Maybe they did a presentation. Maybe they did an introduction, just getting to know them, uh, saying thanks for choosing Nike to be your AAU program. This is what we do at Nike. This is why we consider ourselves the best. Maybe, maybe it was just a meet and greet, something along those lines. Maybe they talked to Antonio Blakeney and said, hey, you're a five-star. You're really good at basketball. Uh, we really do appreciate you being here, maybe a little more than you know some of these other three stars or no star guys that uh, uh, that are your teammates or across the Nike UFL. We got to look out for our top guys. My guess is they just met. Maybe numbers were exchanged. Uh, maybe that was the extent of it. Because I, I don't feel that Nike, with all their five stars, I don't feel could keep up with everybody on a constant basis to a point where they're talking to them every day or every other day or even maybe once a week. Now, maybe they do that with guys like Malik Newman. I don't know. Uh, maybe they don't at all. I don't know. Uh, so my guess is they probably had some sort of relationship with Antonio Blankney at some point, maybe this summer, maybe last summer. They've gotten to know them. Then, out of uh, the blue, not really out of the blue, if you ask Antonio Blankney, because the interviews he did after committing to Louisville, he said he had known he wanted to go to Louisville for two to three months, and it was always his number one school, because Louisville was the first major program to offer him, the first major program that showed a lot of interest in him, and then they kept that interest up throughout the whole recruiting process. They didn't waver. So Antonio Blankney visits likes what he sees, he goes along it goes along with the relationship he has with the coaching staff. 
So he commits. In my opinion, at that point, the Nike guys went, oh, you remember him? Yeah, we met him this summer. He just committed to Louisville, and Louisville is Adidas. Did you talk to him before he committed? No, did you? No. At that point, they might have texted Antonio Blakeney. They might have texted somebody close to Antonio Blakeney saying, hey, we thought... Uh, you know, you, you liked playing for us in AAU. I thought you, you, you really liked Nike. And Antonio Blankney might have said, well, you know, I did, but I really liked what Louisville had to offer. I don't really care about the shoe affiliations because most people shouldn't, but we'll keep that between us. Uh, and maybe Nike said, well, you know, we want to be able to work with you down the road. We like your game. We think you're going to be an all-star. Uh, maybe you should reconsider. Maybe a little nudge, nudge. You should you should reconsider. Again, this is just possibly one scenario on how this played out because people are curious what it, how it works. And, and I think the fact that he committed to Louisville to begin with shows you that Nike wasn't constantly talking to him. So maybe he slipped through the cracks. And he commits to Louisville. Nike goes, oh, we forgot about him. You know he's a five star. He's kind of a, a lower end five star. Not, I think he's. I my personal opinion. I think he's uh, maybe a top ten player in the class. But so then Nike goes after him again. After eleven days, maybe they do enough, convince him one way or the other. Hey, you need to open this thing back up. As a credit to us, Nike, who sponsored your AAU team for the past two years or however long it was, can you do us a favor? Just open it back up. Maybe take some other visits. They don't have to be Nike schools, but, you know, coincidentally, all the other schools on his list are Nike schools. He's including Oregon. Uh, Oregon, for those that don't know, Oregon and Nike are uh, very close. (laughs) Obviously, that's putting it lightly. Uh, And this five-star kid from Florida is considering playing basketball at Oregon. So I think that should tell you a little something. Uh, so maybe they just said, hey, open it back up. Do us a favor. You know, we've helped you out a little bit over your AU course. Why don't you take some other visits? Um, and and you're, you'll be doing yourself a favor because then you'll be able to compare uh, Louisville to other schools. You haven't really had a chance to do that yet. Uh, we think you rushed your decision. So Antonio Blankney says, you know what? Maybe he, maybe he thinks to himself, I know I'm going to end up at Louisville, but they're right. They did help me out. They did sponsor our AU team. I did get exposure by playing on that AAU team. I'll I'll grant them that request to go visit some other places, but ultimately I'm going to end up back at Louisville. Maybe that was his thought process. Whatever it is, whatever it may be, he decommits from Louisville after just 11 days. And like I've said, I don't know if there's shoe company involvement. I have no clue. I was texted that there was, not by anybody working at Nike, just by one of my close friends that knows more about basketball recruiting than I do. Jerry Meyer, who's respected, uh, a respected basketball recruiting source, he tweeted it out for everybody to see. But I'm just giving you the scenario in which I think Nike could have made contact with Antonio Blakeney. People that worked at Nike could have made contact with Antonio Blakeney and how that conversation could have gone to get him to decommit from Louisville. That's just one possible scenario that I think could have happened. And if you think about it, it makes it, it makes sense not to decommit or and not that that was the right thing to do. 
just that that conversation could have happened. Because why else commit to a school for 11 days? First off, why commit in the first place? And then why decommit 11 days later unless unless you heard something you don't like? You had a change of heart for something had to happen to cause that change of heart. And I doubt it was just because out of the blue, you wanted to take other visits. He said he, he said he made an emotional decision. His AAU coach told Steve Jones of the Courier-Journal, his high school coach rather, excuse me, told Steve Jones of the Courier-Journal that it, it has nothing to do with, with shoe company or anything like that. Uh, so there, there's a lot more to this story that, that there could be. What does this mean for Kentucky? Well, it means a, a five-star scoring machine is back on the board. And guess what? If he doesn't go to Kentucky, guess what his other options are? Missouri, LSU, Florida State, Oregon, possibly Louisville. But if he doesn't go to Louisville, uh, so now if he doesn't go to Louisville, and it's very rare that somebody decommits somewhere and commits to the same school. Uh, C.J. Leslie was one person that did that at NC State. It's happened. Lacey at Alabama, who considered Kentucky, also went back to his original commitment. So it happens a few times, but it's it's uh, a much, much, much higher percentage that if you decommit somewhere, it's very unlikely you end up going back to that place. So if he doesn't go back to Louisville, you've got Kentucky standing alone as a big-time college basketball program with a bunch of smaller, uh, much smaller programs. Yes, Blakeney would be the guy at most of those other places. But we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, It's likely that he's now going to visit Kentucky. I don't know if Louisville is even interested in recruiting him anymore. He said he's still interested in Louisville, like I mentioned. Uh, but Rick Pitino was uh, planning to visit him on Wednesday for an in-home visit. That's been canceled, possibly rescheduled. But as far as we know right now, it's been canceled. So uh, this means Kentucky will have a very solid chance at, at being able to land him. And I, and I think, and I, I mentioned on the show last week that UK was going after Isaiah Briscoe, a five-star guard from New Jersey. And now they're going after Malik Newman. So you've got three targets there. And I'm at the point now where I'd be surprised if UK didn't land two of them. I really would, despite having Tyler Ulyss and, and likely Devin Booker with them and Dominique Hawkins with them next year. I, I, I genuinely believe Kentucky's going to end up with two or three guard, guard targets. And if you land Blankney and Newman to go with Tyler Ulis, that's John Calipari's best backcourt he's ever had at Kentucky. I'd assume all three would start. It'd be small, but it'd be John Calipari's best backcourt at UK. And that's really saying something. But we just have to wait and see. Rob Blackhawk tweets in and says, how is the scenario you just described not an illegal enticement from Nike? It, it, 
I, I don't know is the answer. Uh, it could be if they promised him a contract after he gets to the next level. It is. If they offered him money, it obviously is. But here's the thing. How's the NCAA going to find out? The NCAA is an absolute mess. How are they going to find out? Is Antonio Blankney going to tell them that Nike did this? And if they did, is he going to have proof? Is he going to have names? Is he going to be able to prove it? Is he going to go to all that trouble? Is he going to cut all possible ties with Nike moving forward? It, it could certainly, it, I don't know. I don't know the exact situation what happened, and I don't know if anybody does. Uh, you you hear stuff and you you get a good vibe of what's going on, but I, who who besides Antonio Blakeney and maybe just him and maybe the people at Nike, if that's what happened, who knows exactly what was said? But the fact is, it, it could very well be uh, an illegal situation, something that was very shady. It could be, or it it could not be. Either way, it's nothing's really going to come of it. And yes, it's unfortunate. Yes, it, it should probably make you like college athletics a little less, uh, but that's just the way it works, and it's nothing new. But there's there's a lot that goes on with college recruiting, and, and for as messy as college basketball recruiting is, uh, college football recruiting's likely worse at the top. A lot more stuff like that goes on because it just college football makes more money. You've got more money at, at programs like Alabama than you do at UK's basketball program, uh, and it, it means more to places like Nike and a and Adidas, and it's 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 messy. Brun DMC says, "Who sponsors your radio program? I only support Nike shows. They take care of me." I, you know, I don't know if our if our radio show is a Nike show or an Adidas show, or I don't even know what I am when it comes to what I prefer. Obviously, I wear a little bit of everything. I, I there's plenty. Of, I think a, a Nike at times can be the safest choice when coming when it comes to just wearing uh, regular clothes. Rivals is sponsored by Under Armour, so. Um, all my rivals' clothes are sponsored by Under Armour, but I think Adidas can get kind of fun with some of their clothing. So you know, I, I kind of go all over the place. I, I, but I tell you what, I think Adidas, or excuse me, Under Armour is. Uh, I think I'd read that they had overtaken Adidas in terms of just annual profit. But that's they're going to eventually start to challenge Nike, I think, in my opinion. Under Armour's hidden football. They're hitting all the markets pretty hard. Yates, do you have a personal preference? Uh, no. Don't care? No, not really. I mean, I guess I'll say Adidas. Yeah, I never... They're... I never... I guess I'll say Adidas because that's Louisville. That's who they just gave Louisville a big contract, but I don't I don't have any personal preference. Which, whichever ones I like at the time are the ones that, that is the brand that I I guess I'm loyal to. 
I, I just I never choose a clothing article, a, pl- a piece of clothing or shoes based on the brand. I base it on if I like if I like the look of it and if it's comfortable and if you know I, I'm sounding like a eight year old if I like the color. I could care less. I, I could, I could not care less, man. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. And I just did it on the, on, on a radio show. I could not care less if it Nike under armor or Adidas. Now, if it's some brand I've never heard of, then maybe I worry about the quality. By the but way, for the most part, what's that? By, by the way, if this show is sponsored by a shoe company, it would probably be British Knights, which is probably a little before your time, but they were, wow. they were they they were kind of big back in the late eighties, early nineties. What is there some joke here that I'm not understanding? Yeah, they're basically not existent at this point. Okay, good if, one. If they, if they were, they'd be sold at somewhere like Payless or something like that. Now, growing up early in my year in my very early basketball career, when I was eight, uh, I was. Strictly sponsored by Kangaroos. It was a type of shoe. And I wore them. I had several pair of Kangaroos Velcro shoes. Uh, I was kind of late to to the learning to tie your shoe game. Um, I can't remember exactly what grade it was. I, I mean, it very, it very well could have been second grade. Maybe even third. Uh, a little embarrassing. Brown Demons, he says, British Knights are like the Air Force Ones of yesteryear. Can you confirm, Yates? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. I, I don't know if I would give British Knights that much credit, but that's probably a decent comparison. I'm glad somebody got my joke. You just, Yates, yeah, I mean, there's just such a huge time difference between, an age difference between me and you. That's very true. Here, let me. Uh, this this might sum up the the level of British Knights shoes on the Wikipedia page under the athlete endorsements section. Sure. It consists of Derek Coleman and Lloyd Daniels. That was in ninety one and ninety three. Those are the only two people listed as athletes who endorsed the shoe. Interesting. <laughs> That's uh, well, there you go. Run DMC texts back in and says, "If you could go ahead and get a sponsorship from LA Gear or And One, that'd be great." And One had a, I mean, they really went all out. I guess in the long run, it didn't necessarily work out. You know, Jordan Brand, which is kind of an association with Nike. That's popular, yeah. It's, but I mean, that's basically just Nike. Tweets are coming in hot and heavy today. Rob Black says Nike is way more powerful than the NCAA, so they can probably do whatever they want. And then he says, I had some gray kangaroos. He just calls them roos. High tops in college. I wore them proudly. All right, see, the kangaroo brand is... Man, I was wearing them back in the day. My girlfriend texted the show, so they call them roos. 
That's what Rob Blackout called them. Well, I called them kangaroos when I was eight or ten, and they were Velcro, and they were awesome. I miss the days playing in the Douglas Basketball League where the write-up would be in the paper every Saturday. I still, we still have some of those, and it, you just the scores would always be eight to ten. Anyways, I, I had a point that I was going to make. Well, here's this is I'm I'm curious to hear what everybody thinks about this, and and Yates, you too. What if college athletics did something similar to the? NFL or conferences did something similar to the NFL where you basically just sold the rights, the branding, the, the, the apparel rights to one company. The NFL is now Nike. It was Reebok, which is kind of crazy to think about uh, for a while. I don't know if that would be too much to get Nike or Adidas to bid on all of college athletics and then have to supply all those teams with athletic gear, I mean, that would be very, very expensive. Obviously, Nike would get a lot of that money back, get a lot of money back, or Adidas, or whoever it may be. But, Yates, what do you think about the idea of just one sponsored athletic gear for all of college sports, or maybe just conferences? Well, I mean, then then the question arises, are we talking about just the revenue generating sports or are we talking about they sign a deal to provide the field hockey team with all their gear and that sort of thing i mean i think it, it you know if that's what we're talking about it'd be great for college athletics probably because then you're not having to deal with all this sort of shady gray area when it comes to this sort of thing but i can't see the the shoe companies thinking that that is a good business move on their part because there's really only a handful of schools who have deals that cover all of their athletic teams, you know, the rest of them, especially the smaller schools, I mean, they're, they're basically buying their stuff from Nike and Adidas and whoever. See that, you know, there'd be a lot of stuff to have to figure out with that. You know, do they still buy their stuff, but they just have to buy them through Nike and maybe, you know, there's rules about the prices are going to be a set price or, you know, there'd be a lot to figure out, but you'd have to make them, throughout the entire college, even for the non-revenue sports. I think that would just have to be the way it'd be done. I don't think you could just say, hey, basketball and football, you have to be this. The other sports, you'd have to be that. Because at that point, like you mentioned, uh, just who, you know, who would really, it, it just wouldn't really matter. But I think the idea of doing conferences would be interesting. But then I think you'd almost get to a point where, you know, it, it, it definitely wouldn't fix the problem altogether. It might help. But one, I think you'd have most of the power conferences copying whatever the SEC did. I think if the SEC went Nike, which primarily most of their schools are, I know that uh, South Carolina and Auburn are Under Armour. But most of the schools are Nike. So if you had most of the school, if you had the SEC go Nike, it, it would not help the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12, or the Pac-12 to do something different than Nike. 
because SEC schools are selling the SEC as is. Now, if you sell the SEC with Nike versus another conference that's different, you know, I guess that you could risk it if you're an, uh, one of the other Power Five conferences. You could risk going to uh, Adidas just to maybe lure that type of player. But I think ultimately you'd have all the Power Five conferences just be the same brand. And then you'd have conferences like the American Athletic Conference. You'd have those trying to be different to reel in some players that really were excited about the brand. And then that's where that's where it, it would still be a problem. Now, if you had all the Power Five conferences be Nike or Adidas, and then you had the American Athletic Conference be the opposite, say all of them are Nike and you have the American Athletic Conference be Adidas, when it comes to basketball, you're still going to have – uh, maybe Adidas people pushing players to, say, a program like UConn. UConn's a great basketball program. Cincinnati's a solid basketball program. So you still maybe have some stuff. Uh, but the idea of maybe a universal one brand throughout college athletics is certainly an interesting idea. It's probably too much to realistically be able to do. But I, I do think that would possibly be one way that that would eliminate those problems. And then after college, let the players sign where they want. But I, I just feel that the the loser of that bid would, would be none too pleased. But, you know, the, the, the NFL's Nike right now, and you still have Cam Newton signing with Under Armour. You have several players signing with other uh, shoe companies that they can't wear their gear during an NFL game without getting fined. So you see that stuff happen all the time. Uh, but it, it is a problem in recruiting. It's been a problem. And now when it hits close to home with programs like Louisville and Kentucky, uh, it, it gets talked about and it gets brought up. And it's uh, probably no quick fix as long as the same NCAA is in place. And again, I'm probably the most pro NCAA person you're ever going to find. But they can't fix this problem. Not with their, not with the current setup they have, and even if the NCAA changed and you started to pay players, I still don't think that. I think that would only make it worse with these shoe companies. So I don't know. I don't know if there's one easy solution, and I think the idea of making it just one brand throughout college athletics is is likely impossible. Anyways, we're gonna head to our last commercial break here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. Stick around. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. And we are back. One final segment here on just a perfect Tuesday afternoon in Louisville. I know I talked about TV earlier in the week, or earlier in the show today, rather. But this is why the fall is so great. Monday, Monday Night Football which last night in our fantasy league, two games came down to scores under point, a fourth of a point, which is crazy. 
The other one came down to five points, so half the league games were under five points and all riding on action going on last night. But you got Monday Night Football, Tuesday and Wednesday, depending what you like. There there should be something on. Uh, for me, it's Big Brother. And then Thursday, football back on. Friday, it's Friday. And then Saturday, college football, Sunday, NFL all day. So this is... This is a great time of year. And as the phone rings in the office yet again. I I didn't have a chance yesterday to talk or or let everybody hear my hot take on Adrian Peterson and all this going on. I know you've heard it a thousand different places. It's it's been on your TV. It's been on your timeline on Twitter, whatever social networking you've been using. uh, I'm sure you've probably heard some mention of it somewhere. I don't really have a take that's much different. Uh, I thought Adrian Peterson's press release was baloney. Um, I I could certainly use better words than that, but to try to defend himself by saying he's not a perfect son and not a perfect husband and not a perfect father, it's just stupid. You You can be an imperfect son and you can, everybody I'm sure could be a better husband or a better wife. And I'm sure there are plenty of fathers and mothers that wish that they were better, made some mistakes. But a lot of those same people, I'd say the high majority of those people that aren't perfect people, you know, like all of us, I'd say the very small minority of all those people are child abusers. So just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you have to be a child abuser, Adrian Peterson. And here's the thing. I don't think he – I think he's just ignorant. I think he thought it was okay to discipline his child that way. And that doesn't make it all right, and that doesn't make it something that you just push to the side. I, I think that's probably the way he was brought up. And here's the thing, I, I don't I don't understand the people that are supporting him or defending him, saying that's a proper way to discipline your kid. Everybody has their own method. Everybody was raised a, a certain way and likely a different way. I I was spanked. I certainly was never whipped with a switch. Everybody has their own ways of disciplining a kid. But guess what? If your kid starts bleeding and has welts all over all over his body, I mean all parts of his body, even his the private parts of their body, uh, that's when you're doing too much, Adrian Peterson, and that's when you are abusing a child. And again, I he it, he probably just didn't know. Probably thought it was okay. Probably thought as long as the kid didn't need medical attention, he was fine. Although he he did, so he certainly crossed 
salon. And to me, I, I just don't get how this is much different than Ray Rice's situation, with the exception of there not being a video. If there was a, vid- a video of him hitting his kid with this switch, how would it be different? Do you think the kid would not be crying? Do you not think that video would be heartbreaking for parents across the country? What Ray Rice did was awful. And he was fired by his employer with a chance of never getting a, a, a second chance. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think everybody's entitled to a second chance. And I think that uh, one mistake shouldn't end a career. I mean, there are, there are chances if you make one mistake, you're going to have to do jail time for that mistake. But I've already talked about that. So I just don't get how in this situation it's different for Adrian Peterson than it was with Ray Rice. And if somebody can tell me how it's different, I'd love to hear other opinions. The only difference is there's no video. And if there was a video, I I don't want to compare, like I said last week, I don't want to compare child abuse versus domestic violence. But I bet you that if there were video, it would be every bit as graphic. And again, no, uh, he hasn't been convicted of anything. It was troubling last night to hear that other parents, other, uh, you know, he's got other kids and the moms of those other kids are coming forward. But should that really come as a surprise to anybody? If he's got, if he has several kids and he does with a few different moms, if he's disciplining one kid one way, don't you think he's going to be doing it with other kids? So to me, I don't know what the difference is. And the NFL is is a mess right now. They, I remember when Josh Gordon was their biggest problem. So I, I don't know what they're going to do about this. But but in my opinion, if you're gonna if you're gonna suspend Ray Rice indefinitely, you better do the same to Adrian Peterson. Again, he hasn't been convicted, and and I think that you know he. You need to hold out judgment be, until he is. Although there there are pictures. You don't know for sure if it was him, but he, you know, he did openly kind of admit to it. He didn't say that he didn't, that, that those pictures weren't from him. Uh, he's scheduled to play for the Vikings this weekend. I, I don't see how that's going to happen. Brun DMC says, I don't think it's fair to make those assumptions. We are not in the majority when it comes to being brought up. Not everyone went to private high schools and grade schools. I'm not condoning it, but I think people with our fortunate upbringing forget that sometimes. And that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I wish I had more time to talk about it. But that's a, a solid point. You know, we, we and I am lucky enough to be fortunate and not raised in um, a bad neighborhood or a bad, you know, unfortunate circumstances that so many people face growing up. But that, uh, but, but here's the thing for Adrian Peterson is he, he, he's not in that situation anymore. And just because it happened to pot, it possibly happened to you growing up doesn't mean you have to do that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll talk more about this tomorrow. I I didn't want to get in too much because it's nothing that you haven't heard before. But I have an opinion on it, and I thought sharing that on my radio show would would make sense. Anyways, we're out of time today. We'll be back tomorrow.
3 o'clock, 14.50, the sports buzz. This is the sports walker, the sports talker with TJ Walker. I, I still get tongue-tied saying that. Thanks for listening. Six pin Kentucky blue. They say don't forget two seven, don't be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you say high time sitting by.